Welcome to Lips on Life. I'm your host, Jessica Lips, and in this interview series, I'm talking to extraordinary people who are living their dreams. It's my hope that their stories will inspire you to live your own dreams. I'm honored to welcome Dr. Joyce Knudsen as this month's guest. Dr. Joyce is a PhD in human services and is the founder of The Image Maker, a company that helps individuals develop strong communication skills and a positive self-image. Knowing that success comes from inner happiness, Dr. Joyce uses her work as a life coach to help clients become their best selves. Dr. Joyce has authored 10 books with titles including Refusing to Quit, Mending Broken Hearts, and the best-selling From Head to Soul books about discovering who you are and impacting how others perceive you. Dr. Joyce hosts an inspirational radio show, and she herself has been interviewed by prominent media outlets, including USA Today, Glamour Magazine, and the New York Times Magazine. Dr. Joyce has more than a million Twitter followers. She clearly is sought after, and I'm so happy that we get to learn from her today. Dr. Joyce, thank you so much for doing this interview with me. It's my pleasure. It sounds like I'm such a narcissistic person. After hearing that introduction, I think I'm king. I I guess queen would be the word. (laughs) You are a queen. I think more than a million. They call me the Twitter queen. I'm known as the Twitter queen, so that's a start. Oh, I didn't know that. Where did that nickname come from? Who started it? My Twitter followers started it. They call me a hashtag Twitter queen because I have a million, I think it's 75, 77,000 people on Twitter. That's amazing. And how do you grow to that number of followers? It's really astounding. I almost don't know. I think it's because I'm authentic and people know it. I think it's because I help people if they need help and I don't ask them for money to do it because everything isn't about money. And I think it's because I really love Twitter and people can tell. Hmm. Love Twitter more than Facebook or Instagram or something else? Yes. I I personally think that it's a necessity to be on Facebook because that goes into Instagram. But not once in 10 years have I received a client from Facebook. So I don't want to spend my, during the day hours where I have to work on Facebook, I'll jump on at night and see if my daughter says something cute about my granddaughter. That's why a lot of people are on it, to see what their kids are doing. Uh, But I really find that Twitter is even more valuable than LinkedIn. I'm just all over the web, and I do it because I love it. It's it's sort of my fun, because you can take your iPad out, you can put your laptop, your desktop away, and you can just have fun with your toy. It's all about having fun, isn't it? For me, it is. I, why are we here? I think to be happy and to have fun would be the answer. Amen. May we all yes. live like that. That's great. Let's learn about how you're having fun, who you are, and how you got to this point in life and your career. So can we start from the very beginning and talk about where you were born? Sure. I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, and I lived there for 25 years. I am one of seven children. Seven children? That's a lot of kids. Including me, the seven, so six brothers and sisters. Unfortunately, at this stage of my life, several of them are no longer with us. But it is a interesting story because I became the children's mother due to our situation with being poor 
and not having money to spend and so not having what the other kids had. I'll never forget there was one time they used to take us to a conference once a year at school, and I could never go because I didn't have an outfit. And I'll never forget waking up one morning, and my aunt uh, had put a whole outfit, shoes, the whole ensemble, even a hat, and said, you go enjoy your concert. And I, I mean, it brought tears to my eyes. I thought, oh my gosh, that was so nice of her. But I never expected anything. And then I went on to figure out who I am, because my family was on more on the negative side, and you had a fish for compliments if you wanted one, but I got them from my brothers and sisters, so it was sort of more of a brother-sisterly love than a parent's love, because they didn't have time. There were too many children in the shoe. They didn't know what to do, kind of thing. Right. And and you were the eldest? I was the oldest girl. My father was a milkman. A lot of people think I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. If it was silver, then I, I didn't see the silver on it. I, I did have a very a strong constitution, and I knew that I was going to grow up one day, and I was going to leave the house. I was going to figure out what was fact, what was fiction, and I definitely learned how to love myself early on in life because I got to know who I was. I think a lot of people stroll through life, and they don't know who they are even when they're 90. <laughs> they show how to figure this out, but I figured it out in my 20s, and uh, I met a man who was really, I didn't know it at the time, I guess, but he was the love of my life. I'm still married. It's been 48 years. It's amazing. He's just a wonderful, charming, there's nothing he doesn't want to do for me, which is very sweet. Uh, And I have a crazy schedule, and he works around it because he has to, because this is important to me. So we do what's important for each other. I want to follow up on what you just said about discovering yourself in your 20s. What was the process that you went through to discover yourself, and what did you discover? Interesting that I discovered through the dictionary. <laughs> I, I, I had remembered my parents and my sisters and brothers calling me names, I remember people at the school calling me names, so I looked up the names and said, I'm not that. Uh, and I sort of got to know myself through finding <laughs> the answers the dictionary. I know it sounds silly. If there was something that I was called that I didn't know what it meant or I didn't want to be called it, uh, I would be able to eliminate that from my life. you got to leave the past in the past. Like in school, I was called cross-eyed. At home, I was called stupid. In the educational system, they said I was incapable of learning and uneducable, like Les Brown. We all know he's educable. And so I think that was an impetus for me to want to go get a Ph.D., but I didn't actually get the Ph.D. until I was 52 uh, because I realized that I had gone as far as I could go in my field that I had chosen. I needed to go further, and I wouldn't be able to get involved with other industry unless I had a PhD. So you said that they called you these mean names, and you would go to the dictionary, learn the meaning of them, and eliminate those words from your life. Did you substitute what they were calling you with positive words? How do we get from the negative to the positive in your 20s? I did a lot of self-talking. I would say they don't understand, and how could they? They don't have the same problem. One time I was with a friend who had six weeks to live with cancer, and she parked in a handicapped parking space. 
And so people were yelling at her and say, oh, yeah, you're handicapped. She died three days later. People don't know what you're going through. So what I did was I developed a system. You have to accept people for where they're at, not where you want them to be. And so I accepted those people as being ignorant of not knowing that somebody might have a problem. So the next time you're at a light and somebody's sitting there, don't swear at them (laughs) because they might have just heard something horrible happen in their life. We don't know. So it helped me with having patience and it helped me with having a depth of understanding that perhaps other people don't have. And that's how I did it. That's such a good reminder to always remember what the other person is going through or could be going through. Right. So you're in your 20s and you're doing this process of self-discovery. What comes out of it? What do you learn about yourself and what do you realize that you want to be or want to do with your life? Well, it was easy for me because I was born attractive. I had a good figure. So I thought, okay, what can I do? My parents can't send me to college. I'll go to modeling school, and I'll learn how to model. And I began to win competitions, and that led me into some acting and some voiceover work. That's when I started to figure out, is there some association I can belong to? And that was the Association of Image Consultants International, because image consultants do all sorts of things. There were personal shoppers. There were... Uh, people that uh, did color analysis, people that did makeovers. I didn't want that. I wanted to go deeper and the inner part of a person. And so that's what I studied, and that's what was the impetus for me to go to get a Ph.D. in human services with an emphasis on psychology and the inside image, if you will. And now I call myself an impression management because uh, the impression that we make, no matter what field we're in, is very, very necessary. So now I'm taking people through the social sites and saying, okay, you have 20 followers. (laughs) That's not good enough. Let me help you and show you how to get more. And so I teach them that. Now, everything, you know, it evolves. Everything evolves in your life. And that's how my life evolves. You become a model, and then you decide that you want to focus on the inner self and the inner image. And that's what led you to create the Image Maker, your company? Right. I, I wanted to do something most people don't do when they open a business. I wanted to research. And so that's why I'm known as a, an image research company, because I researched for two years every aspect of the impression industry. And I wanted to make sure that not only did I have the wherewithal to teach other people impressions and what they're making in the first maybe 30 seconds of time when they meet someone, but I had to portray those impressions myself as a person. So it took a lot of doing to feel like, yes, I'm ready. But most people open up a business and they just don't do the research on the industry, and that's a big mistake. They usually go out of business. I'm curious, in the process of that research, were there one or two qualities or characteristics that stood out to you about how somebody can make the best first impression in the first 30 seconds? Yes, and you'll be surprised how quick I'll answer this. Okay. It's soft skills. It's soft skills. Most people don't have them. They're dry. They don't 
act humanistic. You had said something on the phone to me earlier about I was easy to talk to and I, I, I give off a positive vibe or something like that. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Those um, are exactly I, the words that I used. <laughs> oh, good. Well, then the thing is, is that you have to smile. And I wasn't always smiling. You have to be able to have people skills. So I actually opened up a sort of a trial company called People Power just to learn them and worked with a couple people at that time. They have to humanize whatever they're talking about. And you you know how when you're introduced to somebody, they say, Jane, this is Joe? Well, that's not enough. You have to say, Jane, this is Joe. I met Joe at work 10 years ago, and we're great friends. And then they could strike up a conversation. That's soft skills. How does one learn these soft skills? What's the training process to get them to make this a part of their regular routine? Now you want my secrets. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Every one of them. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I have secrets. I reserve them for my clients. All right. I'll tell you what. To one, do. The one. Thing okay. To do is to look up, look up soft skills on Google and okay. find out what they are. It's so important. You know, you could be the, the best engineer in the country. But if you don't have soft skills, you're not going to get followers. You're not going to get friends. You're not going to get where you want to be with selling a product, let's say. And so it's very important to let people know what you do. Like in your Twitter handle, you can't just put something silly down. Like, if you don't follow me, I I won't follow you back (laughs) type of thing. You have to put in exactly what you do and in a humanistic type way. So they can tell right off from reading those three lines that you're a pretty good person and they can follow you. Do you think that it's by using soft skills that you've become the queen of Twitter? Yes, absolutely. And I'll tell you why. Because people are lonely. People are needy. I I don't mean to be mean to say that. It's just the truth. It's my research. Uh, people want to be followers. They don't want to be leaders because it's easy to be, I use this as an example, it's easy to be a follower. You can go get your nails done. It's a silly example, but it works. If you go get your nails done, all you have to do is sit there and, isn't that nice? You don't have to think about anything. But if you decide that you want to have to do your own nails, that's a job. And you don't want to do that job because it's laziness on the people's part. So it's very important to realize that hard skills are great, soft skills are necessary, and it's easy to get your nails done or your hair done. They want to get something done quickly, and they don't want to do the hard work to do it. You're talking to someone who works 24-7. I take breaks. I take naps, but I'm working. You know why? Because I love what I do. And I want everyone else to love what they do. When you say working 24-7, you're not up at 3 in the morning. Yes, I am. I'll tell you what my timer is. Going to the bathroom. (laughs) You know, I'll get up. It'll be 3 o'clock in the morning. I'll say, oh, I better follow people on Twitter now that they're giving me a chance to get on. And I'll be up for an hour and a half doing that. Then I'll go back to sleep. But the beautiful thing about working for yourself is if I want to get up at 10, I can If I want to take a nap at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I do. And since I have an international online Skype business, I have to be up at 3 and 4 in the morning. So you're taking client calls at 3 and 4 in the morning? Yes, because they don't live here. They're in the UK. They're in in 
China. They're all over the place. And so, and, and Skype is wonderful because it doesn't matter where you're from. It, they call you and you answer and you talk. You're the only person working in your business. Is that correct? Now, not to say I don't hire people out because I do. I'm a webmaster. I have a radio station. I have all kinds of things. I feed them all the information they need for the website or for the radio intro or for whatever it is that I outsource. Like Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, is a wonderful resource because I like to put my tweets out there and they brand them by putting that, like a strip at the bottom saying my name. And every day I put four or five of them up on Twitter. Oh, so that's how you do it. I love your quotes on your Twitter page. And you know why? Because people feel them. Are the majority of your clients over Skype or do you see people in person? I guess my question is, if you're not seeing them in person, how do you communicate soft skills and really get to know someone and get to know their body language over Skype? Okay, first of all, people do come in to see me. But here's how I do it as far as a Skype. People come to me for every aspect of image management. I have my color swatches next to me, and I can actually analyze their colors from Skype. And I see how their expressions are. I see how they move their hands. Soft skills. So there's a lot you can see. I'll ask them to step away from the computer so I can see their whole body. I'll analyze their figure type. I will talk to them about how the nonverbal communication is 93% of what we're saying. And so if you open your mouth and you start to talk, that's only 7%. And so it's very important to know the nonverbal, which is eye contact. On Skype, are they looking down? Are they looking at a paper, at their notes? I definitely can see a whole lot about soft skills in a Skype phone. How you have the time for all of this and manage to still balance it with family. We didn't talk about your husband. Do you have date night anymore? Do you That's work really together? That's a great question. <laughs> date night never really comes to be. Basically, we're so synced. He's very busy, too, even though he's retired. He was a podiatrist for over 20 years. Uh, foot doctor. Now he basically is a partner in the Image Maker Incorporated and does everything I need uh, from going to the post office to getting stuff to the accountant. So, in answer to your question, do we have date night? Yes, we usually keep Saturday the day to just spend together. But Sunday is our day to work. We have to work. If we give up Saturday, we both don't have time for two days of that. And then what we do is on maybe Wednesday night or uh, middle of the week, we'll go out and have a nice dinner. So it really is pretty much all work in your household. That's unbelievable. But we love it. You don't work a day in your life if you love what you do. It's such a gift for everyone out there who's listening. I hope you can all feel the same passion for your work that Dr. Joyce does. Dr. Joyce, you are known for having the most inspirational Twitter feed and social media accounts. As we end this interview, would you leave us with some words of inspiration? Don't let anybody say or do anything that can hurt you. Uh, every day, I just look up quotes by famous people, and I read them. A part of my morning ritual is getting up, meditating, for probably about 15 minutes. I get up and have a cup of coffee and a biscotti or something, and, uh, and I'm off to the races. <laughs> and I, I love it because it's so 
so much fun. People have dropped me as their friend. A couple of them told me, you're too much for me, Joyce. We never know what you're going to do. I, I can't keep up with you. Well, here's my advice. Don't keep up with someone else. Keep up with yourself. Keep up with yourself. Be in competition with yourself. A lot of your worries will go away. Thank you so, so much for your time and advice and doing this interview. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm exhausted. I got to go take a nap now. You have to have a sense of humor. You have to have a sense of humor. If you don't have that, don't be in business. That's that's one of the humanistic soft skill things. It's perfect advice. So we'll add that (laughs) to the list. This is Jessica Lips with Lips on Life. Thank you for listening. Dr. Joyce, thank you again.